Your three steps to wealth starts in three, two, one, now. This is The Three Steps to Wealth. Hello, I'm Scott Hoke. This is podcast number four in this series. Welcome to The Three Steps to Wealth. If you missed any of the podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. I'm going to keep them available for a reasonable amount of time on the server, but eventually they'll be replaced. I hope you have your notebook and your index cards ready for today. To review our last session... We agreed that change is change, or it's when things don't stay the same, and you listed several things that you could do that would actually make your life worse. Then we discussed how if you have the power to change your life for the worse, you actually have the power to change your life for the better as well, because change is change. We even looked at things that you're doing now that change your life for the better. Things like eating and bathing, setting an alarm clock, and even getting up to go to work. If you quit doing any of these things and the things like them, that you just already do, then your life would soon be much worse. So, you're now doing things that improve your life, and you can do more. Now, I asked you to write on an index card, I hope you did that, and to write it in your notebook, this statement, I now believe in the power and possibility of positive change in my life. That's important. You may not have believed that before, and it may not have worked for you very well before, but you use that word now. I now believe. So things are different now. The past is not the present, and the past is not the future. And it's in your life. Let's make this personal. I strongly suggest that you say this to yourself with positive emotion several times a day to prime yourself for success. Say it when you're by yourself and with some feeling. You know, your subconscious is always listening in. It may sound silly, but I have this philosophy. It isn't silly if it works. If you do this earnestly, you will build the expectation of positive change in your subconscious, and we will find as we go along that a lot happens down there in the subconscious that we have to live with up here in the real world. Next, we talked about why we don't change if we have the power to change. We covered the word homeostasis and how it meant standing still or not changing. I explained that we need homeostasis to keep our lives in balance and even to stay alive. But it creates problems when we want to improve our lives because improvement requires change. Then I covered some things uh, that we can do, some ways we can deal with homeostasis, and I'm going to go more into depth into that later and give you some how-tos in later sessions. Now, that's the last session's high points in a nutshell. Today we're going to meet Tom. I promised to introduce Tom to you in the next session, and here we are. Tom is good to know, but Tom is a little strange. Tom stands for Theory of Mind, T-O-M. We call it theory because that's what it is. We can put your brain on a microscope slide, but we can't put your mind on a microscope slide and examine it. What we can do is observe it at work and make some theories based on what we see. Here is sometimes stated the purpose of psychology. First, to observe behavior. Next, to predict behavior. 
and then to control behavior. That's what we're trying to do with Tom. We observe what people are doing, and then we ask a lot of questions related to why they're doing it. And then we come up with some theories based on observations and some thinking on the subject. If these theories work, then we can predict what someone will do in a certain circumstance. If the prediction is correct, then we can say that the theory works. It may not be exactly true or perfect, but at least it works. Now, here's an example of what I'm saying. Now, if I have a theory that my wife will not cook when she's home alone because that she doesn't like eating alone, and then I put it to the test by keeping track of what she does, and then I find that actually every time that she is home alone, she just warms up some sort of a frozen dinner, I have a theory that works. I can use that theory to predict what she will do when she is home alone. However, that theory that works may not be correct. If I ask my wife why she doesn't cook when she's home alone, she may tell me that as much as she likes eating alone, she doesn't feel it's worth having to clean the kitchen after making a big meal just for her. I was wrong about her not liking to eat at home alone, but the theory still works. You might wonder why we just don't ask people what they're thinking, and we do, but it's not that simple. People really don't know why they do a lot of the things they do, and believe it or not, people sometimes lie. I personally believe a lot of people don't actually think, but you may not know the people I know. The next goal in psychology is to influence or control behavior. We also call that mind control. It sounds pretty sinister, but... It has some good uses in the right hands. If a person is suicidal and depressed, psychology tries to control their behavior through thought processes and keep them alive and hopefully much more happy and better adjusted to life. Psychology is also used in attempts to change the criminally insane and even at times repeat criminals with relatively minor offenses. There's lots of places that this can be used. Where we are interested in mind control is our own mind. If you have a mind, and if you're listening to this, surely you do, then shouldn't you want to be the one controlling it? Now, I have some visual aids on the website, but you can't show a visual aid on the audio podcast, so you're just going to have to draw your own. Take a sheet of paper, and I will show you how to have your very own Tom, or theory of mind. First, draw a circle about three-fourths of the page. Draw a circle that covers about three-fourths of the page because we want room inside and outside of the circle to make some notes. Now draw a line left to right near the top of the circle. To be technical, you want about 12% of the circle above the line and the rest below the line. Now draw a line uh, below that line, below the first, just across like the first one from left to right and Leave enough space between those lines that you could write a sentence or a few words between them. In between those lines, write the words critical mind. Now, some people call this the critical area, and that's okay, but I think it makes more sense to call it the critical mind. And the critical mind makes this the critical area. The space in the circle above the lines represents the conscious minds. You might want to write that there now. The space below represents the subconscious mind. Since sub means below, like submarines are below the surface of the water, this all should almost make sense. Now, at the very bottom of the circle, draw a small half circle. Just the top half of the circle should be in the bottom of the big circle. So you just draw half a circle, and it should look something like half of an eggshell sitting in the bottom of a crystal ball. 
Now, label that the primitive mind. Now, some people just draw a line at the bottom for the area of the primitive mind, so if you ever see that, you'll know that they didn't follow my directions. In the middle of the large circle, write the word knowns and put some plus and minus signs in this area around that. Also, in the central area, you probably would like to write the word modern memory. That would probably be helpful here later. So that's the modern memory area of Tom. Now, we have one last thing to do to finish our masterpiece. Now, at the top of this large circle, draw a few arrows pointing down to the top of the circle. However you'd like to label them, writing from top to bottom as I did, or just drawing a line from them to the words across the page at the top, label these arrows messages. Now, hold it up and admire it. Meet Tom. Not everyone agrees that this is a good model, but don't blame me. You drew it. Now, let's get to know Tom a little at a time. The half circle that you drew and labeled the primitive mind is the mind that we are born with. Now, it's primitive in the sense that it's undeveloped. It's like a computer with an operating system, but practically no software. You were born knowing to suck and swallow. You have a startle reflex. You react to loud noises and falling. But there isn't much more to the program for an infant. Even today, researchers are arguing over exactly what the primitive mind contains, but even if they found out some other little things there, babies won't read the report, and I don't see it's going to do us much practical good, so let's just move up. If we move up, we move into the subconscious. I think this is sort of like a hard drive that's partitioned. In time, we develop partitions that divide the subconscious mind from the conscious mind, Little children can't be hypnotized because their mind isn't partitioned yet. How do you get someone to go to a different part of their mind when they basically have access to only one area of their mind? Now, in the subconscious mind, we have what we call the knowns. These are just things we know or that we've learned or we believe are true. The funny thing is that we can learn things that aren't really true. The stove burns, ice cream's good. These are memories and judgments here. They are the knowns, the things that we know or that we believe they're true and we consider that we know them as true. Now, there's a lot more in the subconscious. It is, after all, this is Tom's largest area. But we're going to cover that more in detail and in a way that you can put the knowledge to work later. Above the subconscious mind is the critical mind and that critical area we talked about. Think of this as a gatekeeper. It's sort of like your girlfriend's mother trying to keep you away from her daughter. For some people, it's more like the big bad father trying to keep you away from his daughter, and he has a loaded gun. This area of the mind decides what gets through to the subconscious. When someone says, buy this and you're going to be rich, attractive, and happy, the critical mind says, I don't think so. I doubt that, and you don't buy it. If you don't think I have my doubts when someone tries to sell you something expensive, then I have an offer for you. Just get in touch with me, and we'll talk about it. Now, the top of the circle is the conscious mind, and that is the reasoning mind. It's the logical mind. Sometimes people call the subconscious mind the emotional mind. Just make a note of that for later reference, and we'll come back to that. The conscious mind says, I'm going on a diet and lose weight. That's what I'm going to do. And it buys the diet books and buys all that tasteless diet food that they sell at the stores. Now, if you look around and you see a lot of diet books and a lot of tasteless diet food laying around your house, you can say, ah, I know where that came from. The conscious mind bought that. The subconscious mind, however, says, my, my, doesn't that cupcake look good? 
Now, with about 12% of Tom being the conscious mind that can only do one thing at a time, and the other 88% being the subconscious mind, and it can pretty much do a limitless number of things at one time, which do you think usually wins? Most of the time, the subconscious mind wins. It's sort of like if the United States Marines went to war with a bed and bath store. Who do you think would win most of the battles? Well, if you caught the Marines asleep, like that's going to happen, then bed and bath might win one, but that's about the only way. Then to finish out the drawing, at the top are the arrows we called messages. We see, hear, taste, feel, smell. You know how it goes. It's the five senses. We get our messages through our senses, and they feed into the conscious mind. Now, oddly enough, they somehow also make it into the subconscious mind, too. There seems to be more than one pathway for messages to get into the subconscious mind. You can consciously hear something and then have a feeling as a result when the conscious mind passes it onto the critical mind, and then the critical mind hands it off to the subconscious mind. Remember, we said the subconscious mind is sometimes called the emotional mind. Now, that's where we get a lot of our feelings. But you can be busy, and someone can sneak up on you. And you can sense that they are there without ever consciously realizing that you've ever heard them. Now, there's a pathway where that the subconscious mind picks up on something and then sends a message to the conscious mind and says, Hey, wake up. I think we're in trouble. Now, you don't have to understand all of this to make it work for you. I just got tired of people asking me why I told them to do this or told them to do that. or, or So I show them Tom. I show them Tom up front, and then later when they ask me why I tell them to do something, I just, I just send them to Tom. Why are you telling me to do this? It, it makes no sense. Oh, well, you remember Tom? Just review Tom, and you'll see why. And it saves a lot of time. Now, since in a mashup or a mix-up, the subconscious mind versus the conscious mind is always like the Marines versus the bed and bath store or maybe the Avon lady, I think we should look a little deeper into the subconscious mind. First, know this. If you want to change your life, you must learn to control your subconscious mind. If you want to win, you have to take control of the big guy in Tom, the subconscious mind. Next, what all is actually down there in the subconscious? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are a lot of things down there. Our habits are one thing that's down there. Habits are programs we run. We have eating habits and dressing habits and bathing habits and brushing your teeth habits. We have all kinds of habits. They run our lives. Sometimes they ruin our lives. You don't have to think which end of the toothbrush do I pick up. When you brush your teeth, you pick up the correct end by habit. We give it zero conscious thought. Without habits, you'd get practically nothing done during the day. We know a lot of this by working with people that have brain damage. Brain damage can not only affect certain areas of the brain, it can also affect only certain areas of the mind. Without the subconscious mind at work, we know that you would spend all of your time trying to figure out things like how to tie your shoes. And you do that by habit by now. T tell me, please, that you don't have to think about tying your shoes. Here's where the payoff is. We are already running programs. Most of the world just calls them habits, but they're sort of a program. We get what we get from life because we do what we do. Now, remember all that stuff about cause and effect that we went through what we do is mostly controlled by our habits, or what we earlier called programs. So here is the payoff. Change your program and you change your results. Now, think of you being more like a computer than we might commonly think. 
Now, we actually got the modern computer by copying how we think and work in the first place, so there should be no real surprise there. What if you're running, as a computer, a comedy program? Then, hopefully, you'd be funny. What about a failure program? Well, then you'd be broke. And what if you ran a wealth program? Then you would become, wait for it, wealthy. Here it is again. If you want to be wealthy, you have to get rid of your poor and broke habits and get some wealth habits. Why, Tom, and all of that long art lesson? Because your habits live in your subconscious mind, and you need to understand that at least to some extent. People almost always try to change habits by willpower. Willpower is in the conscious mind. Lose focus, and there goes your willpower. Your habits are in your subconscious mind. So if you want to change them, you have to work there. Here's how it is. There was a drunk looking around on the ground under a street light one night. The policeman came up to help him and asked, What are you looking for? The drunk said, My car keys. The policeman looked with him for a while with no luck, and then he asked the drunk if he remembered exactly where he lost them. The drunk said, Yes, I lost them over there across the street by my car. Well, then why are you looking for them here? The drunk said, Because the light's so much better. Remember, I told you we usually go about things in a backward sort of way. That's what we're talking about here. Trying to change habits by working in the conscious mind is like trying to change the oil in your car in the kitchen. The car is in the garage, not the kitchen. It doesn't matter if the light is better in the kitchen or maybe you wanted to snack a little while you were working. The car is in the garage. The only time it works when you try to change habits by working with the conscious mind is when you fight and cuss and stumble around enough, in some cases for years, that some of that effort actually spills over into the subconscious mind. I mean, you can get to Florida from Texas by going west, but you have to go all around the world to get there. Do you really want to go all around the world and everywhere else before you get to the place you really wanted to go in the first place? When I come back, we're going to cover the subconscious mind more in depth and from the viewpoint of change. Then I will tell you a little more about how we usually go about things in a backward sort of way. I know I've promised that, and I guess this is about time coming up to do that. What would it be worth to you if you could get your life in forward gear instead of having to drive in reverse to everywhere you wanted to go? Now, that's all for today. Check the website for free resources on this and other topics. Till then, it's my heart's desire that you be blessed. That's it for this podcast. If you're serious about this, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any lessons as we go through the series. The website is www.3stepstowealth.com and you must spell the word three so that makes it www.threestepstowealth.com T-O-W-E-A-L-T-H dot com Three Steps to Wealth Spell the word three, just don't use the numeral in the address. If you're serious about success, wealth, and a better life, I'm just suggesting that a website named Three Steps to Wealth could be useful. There's a free download section on the website and also a blog. You might want to make a note of it to check the website and to check it often because we add material pretty frequently. There's a feed link for the blog as well as an RSS link to subscribe to the podcast. Till next time, it's my heart's desire that you're blessed.
This podcast is a production of Hogan Life and is copyrighted 2013 by Scott Hogue, The Three Steps to Wealth. Since your conditions are dependent on your personal circumstances, and since laws and circumstances can change quickly, we must insist that in any endeavor where there's risk, you must consult with a competent professional. Scott Hogue is an educator and does not provide personal professional advice in any area. The companies and trademarks mentioned in these podcasts belong to their owners and not to Scott Hogue or the Three Steps to Wealth. The endorsement of the companies or people mentioned in these podcasts or they of this material is not implied. All music is the property of the rights and copyright holders and has been licensed for use here. This is a production of Hogan Live, copyright 2013. All rights reserved.